that's how you end up settling in life because we create these excuses. It's going to be hard. It's this or it's that. But beneath the excuses are your limiting beliefs. Those are your fears. Those are the real reasons. It's never about what you think it is, but it's always what you think. And we create these excuses and reasons and rationalizations to justify why things are the way they are, because that's our ego. That's our fear-based self. And your ego loves to be right. Your ego is always going to try to justify what is, why you're a victim, why it has to be this way. But your ego is not your true self. That's what you think is true. But really, the truth of who you are is it's limitless. It's infinite. It's whatever you want it to be. But you have to have that awareness and that commitment to yourself and the understanding that life is truly a reflection of your inner world. Your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. And mm -hmm. everything in your life is a reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself. If you are new here, thank you so much for being here and welcome. I am your host, Alexa, and this is a space where we talk about anything and everything that can help you become the highest, best version of yourself. And so if that's anything that you are interested in, you will love this podcast. Today's guest is Kel. She is an empowerment and mindset mentor. And so that is a lot of what we talk about in today's episode. She is also someone I am living through vicariously right now because she just moved to Bali and I am uber, uber jealous. And so we're going to talk a lot about that today as well. She's also the host of the Dear Dumb Bitch podcast. So go and check that one out. And I hope you guys enjoy today's combo. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. Kel, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for inviting me and having me. I am so excited to chat with you today. I'm so excited too. I feel super grateful that I get to talk with you because, and we were talking about this right before we started recording, I am sort of living vicariously through you right now. <laughs> as many people on that are listening to this probably are going to be as well. So please tell everyone where you are and you just moved there and everything that went into that decision. Let's just dive right in. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me start this off by saying I am actually living vicariously through myself. Like the life I'm living is my actual vision board life. And I never even knew that this could be my real life. So I live in Bali. I just moved here uh, kind of exactly two weeks ago. So it's all still really fresh, but I made the decision to move to Bali last year and here I am. So I moved from Seattle, Washington, where I've been living for the past few years. And I decided to actually create the life that I dreamed of. Mm, and it's amazing. I'm not going to lie. Like I did not know life could be this good. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Like, it's just so refreshing to hear because I feel like, and I'm not crapping on America by any means, but I think we're all like really stuck in the corporate bubble and, or entertaining the corporate bubble or whatever it is. And we just think it's not a possibility to, whether it's moving to another country or just making the decision here, having that dream life for yourself, wherever it may be. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Like if you don't believe it's possible for you, then it's not because 
life doesn't give you what you deserve. Life gives you what you tolerate and what you tolerate is a reflection of your standards and your standards are a reflection of what you believe is true about yourself. So a past version of myself did not think this was possible. Like if you had told me five years ago that you're going to be living in Bali, I would have said, shut the fuck up, like <laughs> put the crack pipe down. Like, no, that, uh -huh. what do you mean? Five mm -hmm. years ago, I was still in an emotionally abusive and toxic as fuck marriage. I hadn't even left yet. I was preparing to leave and, mm. you know, getting to that place of actually believing that I could leave. But I, I didn't even believe that this was possible for it myself. And that's the thing, like the life that you want, the life that you dream of is possible. But so often we wait to feel ready or we wait until like we see it and you're never going to see it if you don't believe it. You have to believe it and then you see it. Yeah. And it's like, what are we, what are we waiting for? What are we actually waiting for? Is it a feeling or is it the right amount of finances or it just doesn't, it, it, it's almost like we're creating a situation that doesn't exist, a feeling that doesn't exist that we're waiting for. And then it's, you, you reach like middle age and you're like, wait, I'm already here. And I feel exactly the same as I did when I was 25 and yeah. I never felt ready. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You're never going to feel ready for anything because ready isn't a feeling right? Like if you're going to, if you're waiting to feel ready, you're going to be waiting forever because ready is not a feeling. You can feel a lot of things. You're never going to feel ready. Ready is a decision. It's a decision that you make. And I lived most of my life, you know, waiting to feel ready or waiting to be happy. That was a common theme in my life. Like Mm, I thought I'd be happy by now. I got a job. I got married. I, I did all the things. I was really just checking off that to-do list of life. And my life looked good from the outside, but inside it didn't feel good. And I finally had this realization of, okay, why am I not happy yet? Like what, what is the situation here? My life has changed in so many ways but why am I still not happy? And it really took recognizing that I am the common denominator in my life and that if I want my life to feel different, then I need to do something different. I need to change because you don't change life. You change yourself and life changes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, what instigated everything for you? Oh, that is a that's heavy a question. question. Yeah. So what felt like the end was really the beginning for me. Mm. So I thought I was living my dream life. I lived in a sunny South Florida. I lived in this beautiful home that I remodeled to perfection. I had four beautiful golden doodles. I was married um, and we had a business together. I drove a Porsche, like I had six pack abs and like it, from the outside looking in my life looked perfect, but inside I was miserable. And I realized that I was in an emotionally abusive and toxic as fuck marriage. Mm -hmm. When I was still in the relationship, I, I knew it was toxic. 
I didn't really understand the complexities and the dynamics because when you're in those circumstances, you are conditioned to doubt yourself. Your mm-hmm. identity is stripped away. I was just literally like, I have no idea of what reality it was anymore. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I was drowning every single day of my life. And I knew I just, I couldn't survive. I was literally living in survival mode and I couldn't keep up. Like I could not keep living that life. So I took a trip to Seattle, Washington in March of 2018. And it was actually my first time going. So my sister lived in Washington, but I never visited her because I was never allowed, which is the most fucked up thing to say. Like, you don't need permission to live your life. If you are in an experience or a relationship or a situation where you feel like someone needs to give you permission to be yourself or to do something, then that's that's toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was given permission to, to take this trip and I made the decision I knew in my heart and soul I needed to make during those two weeks, which was I needed to not only leave the relationship, but I needed to move across the country and restart my life. I knew I would be rebuilding my business anyway, because I obviously wasn't going to continue to work with my then abusive now ex-husband because we built this business together. And honestly, I just didn't feel safe staying in Mm. Florida in close proximity to him. So after the two weeks, I flew back to Florida realized I was locked out of my dream house. So literally could not even enter my home, um, was able to get access, packed my shit in garbage bags, hired a lawyer, realized I went broke overnight because my ex withdrew every penny we had from our bank account. So naturally my next stop was the Porsche dealership because I could no longer afford my car payments. And two days later, I was on a flight back to Washington and I'm like, all right, I guess I live here now. Like, let's fucking do this. I was broke. I was technically homeless. I literally lived with my sister and I was also broke in every sense beyond just financially. Like I was mentally, physically, spiritually just felt so broken, but Mm -hmm. I moved across the country to restart my life with a suitcase and a dream and a vision of a different future. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I was determined that this was not going to be the worst thing that ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. I was determined that this was going to be the catalyst to the greatest a transformation in my life. And I really viewed it as an opportunity because what was the alternative, right? Like just if my life sucked, right. I'm like, I could stay here or I could make this amazing. And that was the beginning of my journey. I called it my journey of self-love and self-discovery, which is essentially what the healing journey is. And I truly thought it would be as simple as restarting my life in every possible way. Mm. I didn't realize the the extents of healing that needed to happen from the trauma that I experienced. But ultimately, I am so grateful for all of it because it taught me the lessons that allowed me to become who I am, which is the true version of myself. I was not myself. And that's one of the reasons I ended up in that toxic circumstance, but it allowed me to become who I am today and create the life that I now live. And I live in fucking Bali, right? Like <laughs> that, that does not suck. So mm-hmm. that's the, uh, that's the cliff notes version of, of my journey. Wow. I can just, I cannot imagine even 
just the amount of growth you've had to go through just in that time frame, and then to this is now another level of growth. I'm assuming to make the decision to move to Bali, like that's there. So there was growth over those years, and then this is an even bigger step. So you have really crossed like some hurdles here. I feel like. Yeah, and that's that's one of my my values is is growth and evolution and expansion, and I am committed to that. But that means that you have to create opportunities for that because so often. Mm-hmm. We live life in our comfort zone and your comfort zone is a scam. It's your ego's way of keeping you safe, but your ego doesn't give a shit about your dream life. Your ego Mm -hmm. wants you to stay there, but your comfort Mm -hmm. zone is such a facade because it's artificially comfortable in the moment. But when you look back in life, you realize that you stayed stuck like in the parking lot of life. You weren't actually out driving and living and experiencing life. And Mm -hmm. one thing that I am not willing to accept in my life is regret. So they, we all have fears, right? Like leaving my marriage. I had so many fears at the time. My mind was so fucked. I wasn't sure if I was making the best decision of my life by leaving or the worst decision of my life by leaving. But Mm -hmm. the fear of regret overcame every fear that I had because the thought of waking up five, 10 or 15 years from then and regretting not leaving sooner was something that I could not accept. Mm -hmm. So the fear of regret is what actually initiates a lot of the decisions that I make in my life, but you have to create opportunities for growth for yourself. And it doesn't always feel good Mm -hmm. because there's resistance and it's uncomfortable and it's unfamiliar. And we have needs as humans to crave certainty and stability, but there are ways to navigate change and navigate growth and create opportunities for expansion and evolution and still feel safe while you're integrating those changes. Because Mm -hmm. if you just go out and do something and your nervous system is not ready to support that, then you're not setting yourself up to be successful and making those changes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And also, I mean, this is a little bit separate, but reminded me you making this decision and living your life based on, I don't want to have regrets. I feel like a lot of, maybe I shouldn't say a lot, but we all have things from our parents. Right. And so a lot of this is from our parents, not having that mentality and I don't know what your stance is on children if you wanted children, but if you did with someone that you knew you were going to have regrets about, it's like that resentment then transpires over to this child or children. And it's like this cycle continues and we keep repeating the, the societal expectation of like stick it through kind of thing, or like, that you are being selfish by living and operating through the mentality that nothing matters other than my happiness. And I think we all struggle with that on some level because we believe that being selfish is inherently bad for some reason. And I don't know if that's just what society has taught us or portrayed, but to me, the people that I've met have that have been the most like, quote unquote, selfish have been the happiest people I've met. (laughs) 
<laughs> like yeah. they know exactly what they want and they are happy because they keep making decisions that are aligned with what they want out of life. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you just beautifully explained generational trauma and conditioning and just the societal and collective conditioning that we all experience. We are given beliefs and programming as children. Like literally your entire subconscious programming is created between the ages of like zero and eight years old before you even know what is going on and what the world mm -hmm. is like your mind is being programmed and so often we live our life with these outdated programs because no one teaches you how your mind works so if you're not using your mind then your mind is using you mm -hmm. and we repeat these programs programs from our parents which are programs from their parents and programs from society and that's not the truth of who you are. So you have to discover the truth of who you are in order to live your own life. And it's kind of fucked up that we think it's selfish that we need to not be our true selves. Like we're literally conditioned to be who we think other people want us to be. Mm -hmm. Is it is it selfish to love to love yourself? I mean, that's what we are conditioned to believe that we need to prioritize other people, that we need to prioritize what other people think about us over what we think about ourselves. And we end up living our life based on other people's expectations, but other people's expectations are none of your business, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's their business. Mm -hmm. What other people think about us has nothing to do with ourselves, but it has everything to do with them. But we, we get it backwards and no one really teaches you how to think differently or how to upgrade your standards and your beliefs. And we get stuck in these programs and we just live our life in this autopilot and we, it just perpetuates. And that's not really living. That's like being on the treadmill of life and treadmills aren't that fun. You don't actually get to experience mm -hmm. life. And we just keep repeating these fears and limiting beliefs, not even realizing that the only thing stopping us is ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that leads me to this question, which I ask myself all the time, which is, are we afraid to put ourselves first, make these decisions that we know are probably right for us or what we want all because we care what other people think? I mean, is there any part of it that has nothing to do with other people? I, I can't seem to ever answer that question with, Yes, because if I was the only person on this planet, I would I would not think twice about anything. Like I would just be like, that's what I feel like doing. And so it's almost like we kind of need, how do I explain this? It's like we almost kind of need the pressure. So I'll explain it from my situation. I would not have gone through so much school if I didn't feel the pressure from my family that that was an important thing to do. On the flip side, I'm not using any of that education per se in a professional manner at this point in my life, but I am exactly who I am because I went through all that fucking school. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like you kind of need the pressure of the judgment, I guess, of other people in order to maybe do certain things but then you also need to remove the judgment in order to actually do what feels right to you. 
So it's very, it's almost like I kind of love the judgment and kind of hate the judgment because the judgment lights such a fire under my ass to be like, I'm going to show you wrong. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? That was like very yeah, and this is Yeah. And this is why it can feel really complicated to be a human, honestly, because there are so many dualities that exist. And so often we are just victims of our own life, right? Like you have the awareness that this judgment is a perception and a projection of them. And I get to make my own choices and decisions and I can choose differently. But so often we get stuck in this victim mentality and we become a victim mm -hmm. of life and we think, oh, life is happening to us, but life is always happening for us. And everything is always happening in life the way it's supposed to. Like life is perfect, even if it doesn't feel that way, right? Like, and sometimes it sucks. Like sometimes it sucks that you go to school and you realize, oh fuck, this isn't really what I even want to be doing with my life. Or it sucks if you're like, shit, I've been married for seven and a half years and this is actually really, really abusive. Like that sucks. Don't deny the suck, but celebrate the suck because within the suck are the lessons that you need to learn mm -hmm. that will change your life. And life is going to keep giving you the same lessons over and over and over again until you actually learn them, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just say you are in school. For your example, your exact example, you're in school and you feel that inner knowing, this isn't right for me. This isn't aligned with the truth of who I am. This isn't really why I'm here or what I want to be doing. But you know what? Never mind. My parents are going to be so pissed off. They paid for all the schooling. They have expectations for me. I'm just going to say, never mind. Like, forget it. My dreams are stupid anyway. I'm mm -hmm. just going to keep going on this path you just told your intuition to fuck off, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going against what you know is true for yourself. What would have happened? Exactly what you described earlier, five, 10 or 15 years from then, you would have said, I'm not living my life. This doesn't mm -hmm. feel right. There's so much resistance, but you know what? It's too late to make a change, right? Like mm -hmm. it's too late. I'm already here. I'm already mm -hmm. settled, I'm already established. Well, that's how you end up settling in life because we create these excuses. It's going to be hard. It's this or it's that, but beneath the excuses are your limiting beliefs. Those are your fears. Those are the real reasons. It's never about what you think it is, but mm -hmm. it's always what you think. And we create these excuses and reasons and rationalizations to justify why things are the way they are, because that's our ego. That's our fear-based self. And your ego loves to be right. Your ego is always going to try to justify what is, why you're a victim, why it has to be this way. But your ego is not your true self. That's what you think is true. But really, the truth of who you are is it's limitless. It's infinite. It's whatever you want it to be. But you have to have that awareness and that commitment to yourself and the understanding that life is truly a reflection of your inner world. Your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. And mm -hmm. everything in your life is a reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's pain in, in realizing that, right? Because I don't think we come to that point of empowerment without going through some almost like dark night of the soul of yeah. just facing those shadows can be so uncomfortable. How do you, how do you integrate them? Because 
you're not supposed to get rid of them. You're supposed to like hug them and love them and bring mm-hmm. them in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we are, we are conditioned to avoid pain. Like that's our natural response. Like you, you put your hand on a stove, you just instinctively remove your hand. And it's not so much that you sit in the pain, but the pain serves a purpose. The pain is to teach you when you put your hand on the stove and you remove it immediately, you quickly learn that I'm not going to touch the fucking stove when the coils are red and hot, right? Like you, you learn, but Mm -hmm. when we avoid the pain, we avoid the learning, we avoid the lessons and we suppress it down. And we so often think that there's good emotions and there are bad emotions. Like we should be feeling good all the time. I literally used to think that like, we're supposed to be feeling good all the time. If you are feeling sad or anxious or guilty or whatever it is that there's something wrong and Mm -hmm. emotions are neutral it's the narrative and the meaning that we give them that creates the context and it's that same narrative that keeps them attached in our story so emotions are energy in motion they're supposed to move they're supposed to flow but when we start to feel things that we don't want to feel we push it down we Mm -hmm. avoid it we distract ourselves. We do all kinds of crazy shit to avoid feeling our emotion. But if you're not feeling them, then you're holding on to them and you're burying them and they create blocks and they create resistance and they don't go away. They just make us feel like shit. They make us feel heavy and just weigh, like weigh us down in life. So you really have to change your relationship with how you perceive emotions. And I'm not pretending like it's easy. Like it's, it's not easy, but it is what allows you to actually learn from those emotions and actually extract the lessons from them and then integrate those lessons. And, you know, recognizing that there are so many parts within ourselves. So if we are feeling fear or if we're feeling anxiety, then there's a part of ourselves that has some belief about the situation that is afraid or that feels anxious. And it's recognizing that as an opportunity. Like, oh, I get to, I get to learn something new about myself. I get to meet a new part of myself. Like that's exciting. I get to discover more of who I really am. And I get to show that part of myself love and actually support that part of myself that feels scared, support that part of myself that feels anxious rather than shame that part of ourself or try to hide or distract that part of ourself. But when we can actually embrace that part of ourself, then you can discover what it's really about and learn about yourself and integrate those lessons and actually move forward with your life. It's not that the fear goes away, but you're literally like holding the hand of that part of yourself that feels Mm -hmm. afraid and doing it anyway. Mm, doing it anyway yeah isn't that what they say like uh courage is or something it's being terrified and doing it anyway some, something like that but yeah yeah that was that was beautifully said I am curious to ask you now what made the what made you decide to say now I want to move where where I physically am Yeah, so it was in July of last year, so July 2022, and I remember vividly, it was during a time when I was making the uh, decision to transition careers. 
So I've, I've changed careers multiple times in my life. I was originally a speech therapist and then I got into real estate and I was building a real estate business with my then abusive now ex-husband. And then when I moved to Washington, I began to build my real estate business there. And when I first moved there, I, I knew that real estate wasn't really like what I wanted to do long-term, but I didn't know what I wanted to do long-term. I'm like, let me just start with that because I need to like get my shit together. Like I need to get some money and like build mm -hmm. my life and then I'll kind of figure out what it is. And then I, I forgot, I forgot that real estate wasn't like the long-term plan, but then I, I realized like, oh, I was not put here on this earth to sell houses. I could, I could do that. I could do that really well. I could be really successful, but selling houses doesn't light my soul on fire. It doesn't make me feel alive. It doesn't really share my true gift, which is to help women navigate life and to transform the relationship with themselves. So that way they can actually transform their life. So that's my true calling. That's what I share. That's what I offer in my mentorship programs and in my courses. And that's my purpose. So around July of last year, I was in a position where I was on a real estate team and they wanted me to either commit to real estate or just kind of part ways. And I knew in my heart and soul, I couldn't commit to doing real estate. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to commit to my dreams. I'm going to commit to my purpose. It feels really scary because real estate was kind of like my crutch as I was building my mm -hmm. new business where it's like, oh, I can do this, but also build this. And I was like, nope, I'm just going to, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to commit to my dreams. This is my future anyway. Why not step into it now? And it was scary, but it was also, it felt so aligned because I didn't realize how much resistance was being created in my life because of real estate. So that was happening. And then I still remember the exact moment I made the decision to move to Bali. I was looking on Instagram and I was looking at this girl's profile and she, um, she was some kind of online coach and she was from the UK, but living in Bali. And I'm like, that's cool as shit. Like she just decided to move to Bali and is like building her business. And I'm like, that's, that's fucking awesome. And then I heard this voice in my head say, you could do that. And I'm like looking around like who said that? And I'm like, oh, that's my intuition. That's like my inner being. That's my true self. And I'm like, fuck, I, I could do that. And I have learned not to ignore my soul at this point in my life, not to ignore my intuition. So I'm like, all right, I could do that. But then your ego kicks in, the fear-based parts of yourself. And you're like, but could I do that? So I, I wrote it in my journal. And I'm like, I live in Bali. I'm like, let me just practice it. Like try it on for size. And I'm like, oh, it fits. It feels really, really good. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Like, why, why not? Like, why not mm -hmm. do it? So I made the decision last July and I created a path for it. And honestly, most of the preparation was not what you would think it would be. It wasn't like getting my visa. It wasn't figuring out flights or where I was going to stay. Most of the preparation were the internal changes that mm. I really needed to make to become a person that is capable of moving across the world to a country <laughs> she's never been to and didn't know a single person. Mm -hmm. That was the real preparation. That was the real work to be mm -hmm. ready to, to move to Bali.
Mm -hmm. the emotional glow up versus the emotional, mental, spiritual glow up versus the, cause yeah, all the logistics that can all be handled that no matter your, your internal state, but all the, the internal state is really, I can't imagine not having done that and then moved and then trying to do all that inner work. Once you're there, I would assume that there has to be that kind of preparation. What was your, what was your biggest fear? Did you have any fears? Um, I, you know, it was, it's, it's kind of funny because when I was like on the way to the airport to leave, I had this profound realization that I had no fears, like mm. none whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I knew it would be seamless. It's not that I knew this experience would be just perfect and that there wouldn't be challenges along the way. But I just had such trust within myself that no matter what happens, I'm good because Mm -hmm. I can figure my shit out. And it was just this profound realization of like, I'm moving across the world. I've never been to this country. I don't know what to expect. I literally don't know anyone. Every aspect of my life is changing. The only constant denominator in my life is myself. And I'm good. Like I'm good. And when you have that trust within yourself, you are good right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what happens in life. It doesn't matter what storms come in because you know that you're going to handle your shit. You're going to figure yourself out. You're going to be there for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because it all goes back to you only have yourself at the end of the day, no matter what the situation is that you're in. So that just reinforces that tenfold. And I think for me personally, I, I could see how it takes a lot of that internal work because my fear, even thinking about making that type of decision is the fear of being with myself all the time. I would be afraid to be with myself all the time. Like I, I, I am aware enough to know I don't love myself 100%. I just don't like, I just know that I'm not there yet. Am I, am I miles closer than I was a year or two years ago? Yes, absolutely. But it just, hearing you even talk about it brings up my internal feelings about what the resistance it would be for me in a decision like that. My decision, that's a different, I'm not trying to compare, like it's not apples to apples, but yeah, like I quit my job on this week on Friday and I I was, thank you. See, I'm like, I, you could tell when I say it, I feel so much, I feel good about it. Um, but it's funny you say that because I'm, now I have a, a business with my partner, a real estate business with my partner that we're growing and I've had a limiting belief about it. And that's why I've had this other full-time job to serve as my crutch because I was like, I can't be the type of person that has their own business and is super successful with their own business. And I was like, fuck this relying on this anymore and working for someone else's mission. Um, and so I kind of relate it to your example where like it, there is they're vastly different and yours required so much more internal dialogue. But even that small, that small step took so much internal work for me to do of like breaking those limiting beliefs. And so the beautiful thing is, I think kind of like this decision you've made, every single one of those that we take, the next one gets bigger, but it seems smaller to us because we've already we've already like, we're like, we've been here before we've done this. I can handle it. I got myself. Yeah. And we have, we have the evidence to, to support our new beliefs. 
that's one of the the challenges of creating new beliefs is our our minds like to look for evidence to support what we believe so when you are changing what you believe and upgrading your standards for yourself and your life there's not necessarily that evidence there to support it yet mm-hmm. but you raise your baseline every time that you do and then you actually start to have evidence to support the changes that you're actually making mm-hmm. and i just want to i want to acknowledge your self awareness like it's so it's so beautiful because Thanks. awareness is always the first step to anything and everything you can't change what you aren't aware of and we usually go through life with these blinders on and just get um you know react to life because we aren't truly seeing what there is and what life is showing us is really what's within ourselves mm-hmm. and another thing you mentioned is um being alone with yourself and I used to hate being alone with myself. Like when we had the whole pandemic and we were going into lockdown, like that was an actual crisis for me. Like people Mm. were talking about it. Like everyone would get like really excited and be like, oh, we're going to be on lockdown. And I'm like, oh my God, please stop saying that. Like the thought of me being alone with myself was my worst nightmare because Mm -hmm. I was avoiding myself. I did not really have the depth of the relationship that I had with myself, but I was running from myself, running from fears and trauma and just, just distracting from myself. But it's within building the relationship that with yourself, that you actually enjoy being with yourself, because Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I miss that life memo that not only are you supposed to have a relationship with yourself, But the relationship with yourself is the most important relationship that there is. And every other relationship in your life is a reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody told me that like they, I didn't learn that in school, but Mm -hmm. I learned that lesson from life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the way you come to realize that is by hitting rock bottom. It's really, it's ironic. It's not from experiencing so much love and being like, oh my gosh, I love myself. It's from actually like hating yourself so much (laughs) that you're like, wait, why, why do, why do I feel that way? And you start to view yourself as that younger version of yourself and start giving it the love that you're seeking now and then Mm -hmm. building this relationship with yourself. But do you ever, do you still get, or I shouldn't say still, but do you get moments of what am I doing? Because I get that all the time still where I'm like, what am I even doing? Like I'll be doing something in the middle of the day and I don't know if it's a toxic version of myself or what it is or a part that hasn't healed, but it'll tell me like, you should be doing something for work right now. This isn't what you should be doing right now. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know for, I mean? for sure. Um, that that actually, I experienced something very, very similar. Like, I will be, you know, creating, um, you know, content for Instagram or something like that, or you know, outlining a podcast episode or. Uh, just doing something that doesn't feel like work because it just feels like fun. It feels like, "Mm, this is exciting. I get to like Mm -hmm. share what I learn and, and I get this, this voice and it's like, but you're not really working. Like you should be doing something productive. Mm. And it's because we, and it's very different than what I used to do. I used to go in 
at nine, leave at five. I used to live for the weekends and live for vacations. And that's not really living, but mm -hmm. we create these expectations for ourselves. Like something has to look this way. And we put ourselves in this box. And when you step out of the box, you're like, hold on, this is very disorienting because mm -hmm. it feels so different. And you really have to recalibrate and just adjust and catch up with what your new reality is because mm -hmm. we still have those those uh, that voice within us that is mm -hmm. telling us otherwise. Mm -hmm. It's like we are black sheeping ourselves of in black the black sheep of society. It's like you're almost turning yourself into that because at least the, what I experience and you I don't know if you've experienced this but I'm sure you have where if you talk to somebody about this the backlash I've received of saying like, yeah, this is, I'm not going to stay in a job that doesn't make me, I've switched several jobs over the last year, two years, because I'm like, this isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't it feeding. This is not feeding my soul. And the feedback I'd always get from people. And this kind of just shows me that it's the wrong people to be talking to about this, but their feedback would always be, well, we all can't, we can't all just quit our jobs and go and, you know, figure yeah. out our soul. And I'm like, I can't just quit my job either. I'm not in the perfect financial position to do that. I'm not at all. It's not the fi most financially smart decision, but it's the smartest decision for putting myself first. And I feel like people glorify these decisions, like glorify you even moving and being like, well, I can't just pick up all my shit and go find myself in another country. And it's like, that's not what it is. You don't get yeah. it. <laughs> and they, and you always get what you're looking for. So if you're focused on the problem, then you're going to see more of the problem. If you're focused on the solution, then you're going to find the solution. It's all the same shit, but what are you choosing to see? And sometimes it's not about going from A to Z overnight. In fact, most of the time it's not. But most of the time it's you go from A to B and then from B to C. And it's these steps that take you where you need to go. It's rarely this quantum leap, but more so just consistent steps in the direction of the vision of your life. And mm -hmm. sometimes you don't even know where you want to end up, but you just follow your calling and you follow your path and you end up there. But you have to, you have to trust that and you have to believe that that exists for you. Like, why, why can't you live your vision board life? Like, mm -hmm. why is that the outlier? Like, mm -hmm. why can't we normalize living your vision board life? Because I promise you it's possible. Mm -hmm. Like I am living proof that it is possible. Mm -hmm. 100%. I have this kind of, I don't know if it's romantic or fantastical or what it is, but I think there's so much shit in the world. That's absolutely mind blowing that this could be possible. That what if all your entire life, the way it's going to go, everything that's going to happen, you pre-manifested before you came here. And when that gut feeling, when that intuition comes up, it's just your higher self telling you, this is the moment, yes. like this yeah. is the moment. And it's like little taps. If you're like, this is the path and you're going a little bit this way, like a door will close or an opportunity will leave you that you think is the right one. But it's like, no, this isn't it. Just keep it's yourself, like doing it to yourself to stay on this path. And we like, the deal is that in order to come do that, you got to forget that you are going to do all this stuff and yeah. like, 
create this drama almost of like, well, how are things going to work out? I don't know how things are going to work out, but it's like, it's all going to work out the way it's supposed to work out regardless right? of what and happens. It always does. Like every, every challenge, every crisis, every hardship you've experienced in life, like I don't know about you, but I always look back and I'm like, oh, I get it. That makes sense. But mm -hmm. why can't we let it make sense in the moment? In the moment. <laughs> we fight it and we create resistance rather than trusting, oh, mm -hmm. it's supposed to be this way. Mm -hmm. It's okay if it doesn't make sense. It's okay if it sucks. Mm -hmm. It's okay if it's uncertain. It's okay if this door closed. But what do we do? The door closes. We're fucking banging on that door. Like, open it up. Like, let me back in. And then another door opens. But when a door opens, you actually have to step th through, right? You have mm -hmm. to enter that new door. Mm -hmm. And we just spend our life recreating our past rather than actually creating our future. Ooh, you said that so, <laughs> that like gave me like goosebumps almost. Like we spend our life recreating our past. Yeah, and it's, and then when you realize the past doesn't exist, it's like, it's it seems so trivial to be spending time doing that but it's also like how do we find it's I understand how it's hard to find that balance between planning for the future but trying to stay in the present to do that mm -hmm. so I think that's the balance we're all trying to find and to touch on what you were saying of like why can't we just do that in the moment I think I personally think we don't do it in the moment a lot of times because it's more fun like a part we don't want to admit it but there's a part of you that likes to sit in the drama likes to sit we love the, the drama we love are drama it. queens and mm -hmm. kings but we are also we're addicted to the drama because the drama actually produces chemicals within our body and makes us feel a certain way and we become addicted to our past like we are all addicted to our past. That's why mm -hmm. we keep repeating it. Mm -hmm. But you have to like detox and decide that, no, I don't want to keep repeating my past. Like I actually want to create this vision that I have mm -hmm. for my life. Like I have that vision for a reason. You said it really beautifully earlier. Like our, our life is predetermined. Like we are here for a purpose and we need to follow that and we need to allow that unfolding, but we get in our own way and we block ourselves. Like we literally cock block ourselves from living our dream life because we're like, eh, no, it's hard, this, that, mm -hmm. but we, we, it's possible for us. Like that's why we're here. That's our evolution. That's our expansion, mm -hmm. but we have to actually choose that. And so often we focus on the wrong things. We think that we need to control things. I don't know about you, but I am a recovering control addict. I used to like, I love planning. I'm a planner. I like to mm -hmm. know what's happening now, next, and after that and plan mm -hmm. A, B, and C. And we have all the options figured out, but life has a better plan for us than we do, right? Like mm -hmm. the universe can see our plan better than mm -hmm. we can. And we try to control and micromanage it we are actually limiting our own magic and we're limiting what's possible for ourselves because of our own expectations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's, and it, it goes back to what you were saying. You are your own, you're your only hindrance. Yeah. And the reason we try to control things is because you control things that you don't trust. So it really comes down to this core belief of not trusting yourself which is why you try to control things you don't trust life you don't trust yourself so you try to control things to mm -hmm. feel like you have a sense of stability because when you trust yourself and when you have that stability within yourself 
you don't need to control things. You mm-hmm. don't need to micromanage. Mm-hmm. Yes, you still have a vision. Yes, you still have intentions. Yes, you still have a plan to some degree, but you don't need to control all of that. And that's how you create a life of freedom. A life of freedom requires trust because freedom and control are kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because there's there's literally nothing that you have control over you only have you only have well I guess you have control over how you react to everything but that's pretty much it it's such a fucking scam we try to control things we can't control Mm -hmm. we try to change things we can't change and in reality the only thing you can control or manage or change is yourself and we try to do anything and everything besides actually looking and seeing what we actually truly can control or manage mm-hmm. or navigate. Mm-hmm. It's like we we literally have it like backwards. It's mm-hmm. almost comical to think about. But <laughs> like when you actually can control like how you react and respond to life, like your life changes. Mm-hmm. 100%. I have a one of my last questions for you. Mm-hmm. And this kind of goes back to what we're talking about earlier with trusting yourself coming into that empowerment area of your, of your psyche. How do we, I'm going to use a personal experience because that's the only way I can relate. This is sometimes I fall into, I go through periods of like, just feeling, I feel such, it sounds cringe, but such queen like energy. Like I feel very not dominant, not, not dominant from a masculine stance, but powerful and in control and trusting and a lot of sexual energy and a lot of female energy, motherly energy, everything. And, but it comes to a point sometimes where I start to feel guilt for doing that. Like I, I can create this narrative in my head that it's my ego trying Mm. to cover for somewhere else where I'm not feeling in control and strong and powerful. And so I have a hard time differentiating between if that really is me coming closer to being in alignment with that higher self, or if it's not, well, I guess I'm answering my own question. If it's not that, then it's just my lower self wanting to bring me back to these old limiting beliefs. But where I struggle with this is there's also no lower self or higher self. Like that's where I'm, that's where I get a little tripped up. Cause I'm like, these are ideas that are abstract. They're not concrete things. You don't have like a little devil and angel on your shoulder. So it's like, what is it just the past trying to creep in and us not doing enough growth at that point to have like completely removed that version or will that version always creep up? there's new new levels new devils so it's it's a journey and there's no real finish line to this journey of discovering yourself of of healing past traumas of all of it and I actually I was pretty frustrated when I found that out and had that realization like (laughs) what do you mean I'm not going to cross the finish line and be like yes here's your trophy you're this Mm -hmm. enlightened awakened human like that doesn't happen there's always new levels of yourself to reach always deeper levels to reach always more layers to peel back but 
our ego will always try to keep us safe, always try to protect us to some degree, like even self-sabotage, like you talking yourself like out of that state of like bliss and empowerment, that's self-sabotage essentially, but self-sabotage is kind of a form of self-love just in a fucked up way because your mm -hmm. ego tries to protect you in that fucked up way and tries <laughs> to keep you safe because in the ego's perspective, staying small is being safe. And we are not taught to embrace our inner power. We are powerful beyond measure. What you are feeling when you have that state of just, uh, just being so aligned and connected and having that strong feminine energy, like that's your inner power, but we're taught to fear our power, especially as females, because we are so fucking powerful but we are taught to be afraid of our power and to dismiss our power and to play small. And it doesn't happen overnight, but it's recognizing and embracing and allowing those moments and letting them in and inviting them in. And when you notice those, that other narrative start to creep in and talk you down, then just catch that. Just literally like just clock that, notice it and get curious about it. Like, hmm, what is, what is this telling me? What is this trying to show me? What is this revealing to me? Mm -hmm. And just really get curious about yourself. So often we view ourselves from this lens of judgment, but there's no, there's no judgment in becoming your highest self. Like you can't hate your way to your best self. Like, trust me, I tried. That didn't really work mm -hmm. out. You can only get curious about yourself and discover yourself and then integrate those parts of yourself. But your true self is pure, radiant love and light and magic and powerful beyond measure. And we're so afraid of that. We don't trust that. We try to hide it. We try to play small. What will other people think? Like you could hear all the excuses start to come in, but that's your true self. It's expansive. So anytime you feel that expansive, open feeling, that's the truth of who you are. And just lean into that and just invite that in and welcome it and notice when you feel that contracted self mm. because your ego it's you could feel the difference in your body all of this is like more of a feeling thing and I tend to like a lot of people we tend to live in our heads we tend to think about things where we do a lot of thinking a lot of overthinking but so much is within our body and integrating our mind and our body is what allows the full expansion of our soul. Hmm. That was really well said. And especially when you said new levels, new devils, mm -hmm. I'd never heard that before. That gave me like a big, it, that kind of actually relieved some of the pressure to me because I have been viewing it that way too, as like, there's a finish line. And now I'm like, there's no there's no finish line. I probably yeah. couldn't make all the progress I wanted to in three lifetimes, you know, like there's, yeah. there's so much. So thank you for that. Wow. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tell me, um, the last thing I would love for you to share is if there's for anyone that's listening to this and is in that stage of their life where they either don't know what they're doing, they're questioning what they want to do, or they just feel very lost or they're in a relationship that isn't serving them or in a job that isn't serving them, whatever it may be. What is the one thing that you wish they could know and is pivotal for them right now? I would say if your life feels anything less than magical, you're settling, like you are settling. 
And I know this because I spent most of my life settling. I truly did not know life could feel this good. And it doesn't mean I don't have like off days or I, I still feel emotions. I'm still a human. But if you are not obsessed with your life, then you're settling. There's so much more for you. And you know this, like, you know that you are made for more or else you wouldn't even have this vision. Like you wouldn't have the vision for yourself and your life if it wasn't possible for you. And that's truly my purpose and mission in life is to show women what's possible so that they can stop settling and actually fall in love with themselves and change what they believe is possible for themselves and create a life that you're obsessed with. Because when you're obsessed with life, like you are fulfilling your purpose, you're sharing your gifts, you're tapped in with the magic of who you are. And mm -hmm. that's why we're here. We're here to share our unique gifts with the world and to actually like live life. Like we weren't put here to survive. We were put here to like fucking dance. Like life mm -hmm. is a party. Like let's fucking celebrate this shit. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Oh, that was beautiful. You got me like riled up for life right now. Honestly, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Kel, please uh, tell everyone where they can find you and your upcoming course and all that stuff. Yeah, so I am on Instagram. I am Kel Cal, also TikTok with the same name. And I have an upcoming masterclass. So if you are interested in joining me for that, then you could reach out on Instagram. I'll make sure to send you all of the details. And I also have my signature program coming out very soon, How I Cured My Resting Bitch Face, your guide to stop settling, fall in love with yourself, and create a life that you are obsessed with. So if you are interested in learning more, if you have any questions for me, if you just want to connect, I love, love, love meeting new people, then definitely send me a message on Instagram. And I also have a podcast as well, which I am excited to have you on as a guest. My podcast is called Dear Dumb Bitch. I love it. I love it. And I want to put all of Kel's information in the description, of course, so you guys can check it out really easily. But Kel, thank you so much for being here today. This was awesome. I mean, that was the fastest hour of my life. <laughs> right? I know. That was so, so fun. I loved our conversation. I feel like we I feel like we could chat all day and just keep going. But I am so, so grateful that we connected and had this conversation. Me as well. I'm I was already wanting to come to Bali this year. And now I'm like. I'm going to hit you up if I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have, I'll have all the places that you need to check out and experience. It's a, yes. such a magical place. Yes. Well, thank you again. I really enjoyed this. All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching. I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye.